Hello, welcome to the Mythology and Marksmanship Podcast. I'm Morgan King. I'm here with Brady Allenson, who is currently taking his wife's elk to the meat packer, which I haven't even had a chance to ask him uh, how big it was yet, Which, because I, I know she had a pretty good tag. Shit. Uh, how big? 331 and an eight. Oh, boy, that's pretty. That's a good bull. That's a good bull. That's the biggest bull we saw, so. Yeah, which you said that unit's been kind of going downhill, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I watched that tag. That she drew with two points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll take a three thirty bull any day. That I mean, heck, that's a good bull. I, I yeah, mean, it lends perspective to a three fifty bull. That's for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say. Always say they're like, oh, I saw a three seventy bull. I'm like, ah, maybe. Yeah, that's I know. A giant bull. People don't realize until you get right next to a 330, yeah, like how big that is. And so, yeah. and so, when you kill a 380 bull, and you see one of those yeah. hanging on the wall, like everybody, yeah, oh, that's a 400, that's a 400 bull. Holy yeah. crap! You know, and then it's like it's like oh, it's 370. Yep. Yeah. Pretty no. Much. Or or really, or like uh, Brian Black killed the. I think it was a 330 bull on South Cash. Yeah. And, like, that's a nice bull. I seen him. He's good. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. No. No, we were stuck. I'll post both these more pictures on Instagram here pretty soon. But yep. it, it was fun. Good time. No, congrats. That's awesome. You'll have to tell your, tell your wife congrats for me. Oh, I will. Yeah, I'm sure she's probably pretty pumped. She but, was pretty. Yeah, I haven't seen her that excited for a while. Was cool. Yep. Which... Uh, haven't had you on here for a while, but, uh, we got to shoot a match just the other day. The, um, the alpha munitions nut crusher, we shot it together. You shot pretty dang good. Uh, but it's brought up some, I guess, thoughts in my mind. Cause I'm trying, I, I knew I've known about it, thought about it, this topic quite a bit. Um, yeah. but I just I'd like to get it out there in words, you know what I mean? Talk about it a little more. Yeah. So what I want to talk about today is state like stage planning, how to how to di- differentiate what like I, I look at and I do this subconsciously now, but it's not a bad practice to get into as far as like later, like hey, man, th- these stages right here, they kicked my butt. And yeah. So what do I need to go practice to get better to where those stages don't kick my butt anymore? Or when you're at a match, if you can break that down and be like, okay, this is what, this is what's going to get me here, this stage. So, yeah. uh, well, this match showed you if if you didn't plan your stages in this at the Nutcrusher, like if you planned at every match, like you had to plan at the Nutcrusher to do good, you would freaking never have anything go wrong during a stage because. We've shot a lot of matches, and none of them are as confusing as this match, really. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're right. If you if you were able to break it down and plan and understand what's going to get you um, on each stage, like, hey, this is the thing here. Like, I knew take there was a there was a stage where you had to shoot off of like five different rocks, but there was a big pan in between 
Uh, and there was seventeen rocks you could have shot. Yeah, off, there was really. a bunch of rocks, but but and you and you had to shoot at a KYL that got progressively smaller, and then a confirmation from each rock, and it was hit to move on through the KYL. But you had, um, anyways. Point point being was is there was not a lot of time to do everything, and so no. you had to figure out how to how how to make up the time through it with a good plan, you know. And I seen a lot of guys just try to go prone the whole time because you could, but then panning was horrible because you had to move your whole body yep. every yeah. shot, and so it's like it made it a ten position stage instead of just going up to a rock that was kneeling for three yep. of the positions, and then when you got to the smaller target by then, then you were prone, and then you only had to go prone twice. And so it was just, just that. So in my mind, uh, there's always been uh, there's always been about four categories, and people agree or disagree, or they basically, this has been generally the general accepted stressors uh, for stage it, stage design for a long time uh and guys will break down categories differently but for the most part the general accepted ones is time and that's that kind of encompasses do you have enough time for everything all the movement and everything like that and and how tight is it to get in there and your time will exacerbate the rest of them like if you if, if it's a 90 seconds to do if you have two minutes to do what's sometimes tough to do in ninety seconds, it's easy. But yeah. you know you can you can ramp up the the difficulty that way. And this this goes for each one of them. If one, if one of these is super hard, it ramps up the difficulty um, all the way around. So then you got time and then target. And I and I lump these together. Some guys break it up, but I say target is in size and distance. So target size and distance. And then position, what kind of position do you have to be in to shoot those targets in that time? And yeah. then uh, complication, complexity of the stage. Like, what do you have to shoot five, one, three, and then go to another position and go two, four, and then go one, three, five, and then go to another position and then go two, four, or four, two? You know, like, do you have some weird, weird, uh, um, deal like that order stuff and so that makes it pretty difficult um and that now you're having to dial every shot and all that so that's been the general those have been the general categories of difficulty and and i think those are those are good I, I i do i do think you need to stay in that mindset but i think what people don't realize and this is the the uh inequity between say matches out here in the west and matches back east um yeah. is target acquisition i think that For is the, sure. i think that is the fifth category that nobody talks about. Well, it's not that nobody talks about. It's just I don't think it's ever been recognized as one. Because let's be honest, this sport uh, has been mainly east, not, not mainly east coast, but I think it it developed and matured over there. Yeah. I mean, it was over here too. Don't get me wrong. It was kind of all together, but it became bigger 
over there, and it still is a little bit bigger over there. Just maybe yeah. that's just because there's more people. Well, match attendance shows that in yeah. itself. When you go to a match up there, there's almost always more people out there. Yep. Not a match. So I think. But target acquisition was definitely something that you had to plan for that match. I mean, people. <laughs> yeah, even people that shoot out here couldn't find targets. It's. Yeah, Definitely and it's not that they the were hard. Stressors. Yeah, it's not that they were hard to find. Do you think there was any targets that were hard to find? No, but if you lost where your landmark was, it was hard to find. Yeah, well, that's how it. In my opinion, that's how any target is, right? Like, yeah, I can only really remember of like one target that was actually hard to find at a match. Which at this match? No. Just at a match oh. in general. Well, there's maybe two. I, Well, other than the one that got snowed out at the finale two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been hard targets to find, for sure. But, but yeah, because like, when people are like, man, the targets are so hard to find, I'm like sitting there going, not not really. Like, yeah. I mean, they're just kind of the same place they were before you walked up to the line. Well, and if you go in with a good stage plan, you can find them. Pretty much every time. There was one target, and I think it's just because I was getting smoked because it was 102 degrees, and I was tired, and it was stage 20. And yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I don't even know what happened on that one. I just somehow lost That one was more difficult. Mission. I lost that one once. Yeah, it was. But the one that was, was harder just, than that one was the freaking, was the Roadrunner the on that stage. stage. Yeah, the Coyote and the Roadrunner. The yeah. Roadrunner was harder. I to me, the Roadrunner was hard to find. I, that's the one I lost. I didn't lose really? the Coyote over the hill. I lost the Roadrunner once, um, yeah. and I had to just pop my head back up, go back to my landmark, and then I was good. But yeah. so the hardest target. So this year at uh, at at the uh, Ruger Koenig match, oh. that Ram stage. You know how that yeah. Ram one is. So the second yeah. target on that Ram stage. I, I yeah. for just a second thought I might not get like I'm I might not uh, I'm I might only get two rounds off because because you know there was the one that was obvious and then it's like you go over there and I'm like uh oh I can't even see this yeah. target and then I and then I went oh there's the T post there's the target but that's that's about the hardest target I've ever seen and that one was hard but I knew where it was at because I knew my landmark so it was like I'm it's right here I don't know where here but it's right there you know it can't be anywhere else. But could you yeah, imagine if you went up to that to a stage like that where the target was hard to find, didn't have a landmark, then yeah. you ain't finding it. No. No, yeah. I, I mean, I know this was going to be a short podcast. We got 10 more minutes. But it's, yeah, it, your stage planning has got it. Like, when you, if you come out here, you're listening to this, you're from the East Coast or just have never shot out west, you need to go somewhere if you can. And really try and just shoot somewhere with no target markers at all. Because you're going to come out here and the targets aren't going to be painted. And they're not going to be marked for the most part. And you're going to have a tough time. If not, then when you come out here, you need to just know in your stage planning, target acquisition is probably one of the biggest things you need out here. Yeah. I think. I think so too. And I think the reason is, is because... It eats your time, right? Like when oh, I see yeah. guys, so I I think it's silly, and and I think it's almost it's dang near a crime to do it. Yeah. <laughs> is I, when I watch people 
um, touch. Like I think those uh, the uh, throw levers. Whoever <laughs> thought of that idea should be buried. Like yeah. I, I mean, I may. I guess I'm just like completely against them, but I just think it's like it's awful because it perpetuates this idea that yeah we should do that we need to move quickly move our power zoom out and then zoom in yeah yeah glassing is not to be done through a rifle scope so yeah. like we don't we 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 put we point our gun at a target and then we close the bolt and we shoot it you yeah. uh you don't try to find the target with your gun. Like, that's just not how it works. You yeah, find, you, you want to waste it. time on a clock, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess maybe for you and I, I mean, it's intuitive because, I mean, think about it. I mean, how long, I mean, you're driving to a, t- uh, probably going to go to a taxidermist too with that, but you're headed to the meat packer with an elk right now because, you know, you spend a lot of time in the hills glassing for elk and yeah. animals and you know as well as i do when you find say say you find a buck i mean elk are big probably just you probably yeah, can't. it's a little easier but it like a like a big buck bed under a tree and all you find is a a horn or something like that and yeah. he or he wiggles his ear if yeah. you if you and you're in your binos if you take your binos off your tripod and go to put your spotting scope on there without finding a landmark you end up going, yeah. you, you end up prop like you, then you end up spending another ten minutes glassing that area again okay. with your binos just to find the spot again, and it's just because yeah. you get excited. You just like get excited, you pop it off, and then you throw them back up there. Oh, yeah. oh frick, where is it at? And then yeah, you spend a while looking at me. Oh man, and and so you get used to it, like having to train yourself. Like we we trained ourselves on a mountain side uh, to do that you know to find that yeah i know and so it's easier we're used to that i get that but if you're like coming out here like coming out on the west coast or if you're a guy because i still see this it's not limited just to what east coast shooters i still see this constantly like with oh no absolutely yeah yeah i mean i mean shoot some some really prolific west coast shooters at this match were really mad and it wasn't I don't know why, because it's not like the targets were hidden or anything. It was just, no. it was just, they didn't have a I ton of time a and they lot. were stressed. Exactly. Yep. And, Overthinking things like, well, there's five targets. I got to shoot them in this crazy order. There's five positions or whatever there was. I don't know. But yeah, it just, and they let that, yeah, they let that trick them into not getting this landmark. That, that target yes. is right next to the base of that specific tree. Or, you know, it's, you know, here's the way this hillside comes. And when it turns back in the right in the bottom of the saddle, if you just go left to the bottom of the saddle and then come down that tree, you know, whatever it is, however you can do it, just find this specific spot on the hillside that that thing is, you know, based on whether you use the skyline, whether you use a tree here, whatever, whatever you can do, you can always find something. There's always something, yeah. there's some little uh, telltale sign of this is where the target is. And if you and if you force yourself to do that every time, man, you're yeah. gonna, it's going to save you time. Even on an easy target to find, it's just, it's so much better to go up there with a landmark to where you just point the gun at, at the target, then look through the glass and it's on the target. Like, it's, it's amazing. There, yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. It is funny you watch, like, I mean, even my uncle, some of my buddies, my grandpa, like, we've hunted our whole life. The Tarkwood acquisition is just, like, I, you don't realize how good you are at it. It's just a, from a shooter to a regular person. Like, people have a hard time, like, well, it's right there. And I just, to me, it's easy to find. And, yeah, people that have hunted their whole lives, it does, just because you live out here doesn't mean it's going to go any better, really. But No, no. I just think, and people will say, think that they need to, like, I'll watch guys on multiple target stages. They'll shoot and say, say that next target's, it's a little ways away, but not too far away. All of a sudden you'll see a guy, or even if it's a long ways away, you'll see guys just not even change their power, which yeah. I don't think you should change your power. But I, uh, they just start glassing along in their scope till they find the target. Oh, there it is. And then they go, well, that's, that to me takes seconds. yeah, it takes forever, and then they're like glassing around looking for it, uh, and so you're like, man, this is yeah, yeah. and they, or the or the best is when I see a guy reach up like like he's practiced this, and he reaches up immediately, dials down the power, and then tries glassing looking for it, and then he then he finds it, and then he goes back in, and then he loses it, and then he comes back out, and then he goes back yeah. in, and it's like wow, they just keep their hand on that end of their scope. Yes, and I and I'm like, okay, guys, this there's a way more efficient way to do it. All you gotta do is shoot the other target, see where your bullet went, pop your head off the stock, look at your landmark, point your gun at the landmark, and then put your head back on the stock, and you're on it. And to me, yeah. it might be longer in short swings. It might take a little bit longer longer in short swings. Like we're talking like a split second, like a quarter second longer yeah. to do that if it's a short swing and if you could really be act- – like I, if it's in within one field of view, I'm probably just going to slide over there because you just move in the angle and oh, it's no, right I there. Agree. But if There's it's, times I do it. But. Oh, yeah, but if it's a little bit farther and you have to, you'll get a feel of where it is, what how far that is, if it's just a yeah. smidge farther – um, out then you probably need to pull off and even though you probably could swing to it but sometimes you're going to miss that swing and so yeah. my thing is is if you miss the swing one time it might cost you four or five seconds Yeah. but it might cost you only a half a second each time you pop your head to look to get to the next one well you yeah. add that up if, if, if over the course of a match you're going to save time by okay by doing that doing it that way that's my opinion so well and if you lose by one and you timed out with two left on the clock you could have got that one more because it took nine extra seconds looking for a target there was your one you needed exactly yeah it always comes down to the smallest little nuances in this game which is crazy because you shoot like at that match you shoot 240 rounds and then sometimes it comes down to you know two or three of them you know (laughs) yeah didn't at that one you made us all look stupid that's okay. <laughs> no, I but but I do think part of that, like, is part of creating separation out here, is is definitely target acquisition. Yeah, no, I agree. Because if you can just throw your gun on a target every time and not glass target the target, acquisition and keeping your head in the game. Oh yeah, because it's a marathon. But yeah, but I think that's the one thing. Like, and and I guess if you're an East Coast shooter and you don't have the opportunity to to really practice this, you can always yeah. like like walk out your door and look for like a telephone pole, the top of the very tip top of a telephone pole, jack your power all the way in 
put a little step ladder out there and then practice um, pointing your gun at the tip, like without looking through your scope, point your gun at the tip of that t telephone pole and then look through it and they, and you want it within a field of view and do stuff like that, yeah. you know, random little things, just w whatever it is, however far it doesn't really matter, just be, but be, but be within a f one field of view of whatever you're looking at. Like yeah. if that it's in your field of view, you're going to be a lot more successful. Um, but yeah, I, well, there was one other thing I had cooked up that I thought might be a good idea, but anyways, and I think that that goes for anyone and picking out, coming up with good landmarks, I think helps quite a bit. Oh, I agree. Well, good to talk to you and, uh, hopefully you guys got something out of this and yeah, figure out how to find your targets. We'll talk to you guys yeah. later.